Welcome to the election ride home for Thursday, February 27th, 2020. I'm your host, Jackson Bird, with a summary of election news. Today, a recap on CNN's town halls. Sanders has overtaken Biden in polling with African-American voters. But how are things looking state by state for upcoming primaries? Plus, Clyburn endorses Biden and other endorsement or opposition updates. It's just two days until the South Carolina primary, five until Super Tuesday, and 250 days until the general election. Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. CNN aired the final four of seven South Carolina town halls last night with Mayor Bloomberg, Vice President Biden, Senator Klobuchar, and Senator Warren. Mayor Bloomberg was challenged on his plans to make up for the negative effects that his stop-and-frisk program had on African Americans and asked whether he would support reparations. He talked about the need for supporting educational and economic opportunities, citing his plan to get banks to open branches in predominantly black neighborhoods, and said that he believes there needs to be more studies done on reparations, but that he wants to make sure to do what he can to support people while the studies are being done. He was also asked about climate change, gun control, and the president's response to the coronavirus outbreak, pointing to his own experiences in New York City during 9-11, the swine flu outbreak, and Hurricane Sandy. He said, quote, Pulling people together, making them feel that they're part of the solution is what management is all about. It's what I do. New York is a microcosm of the country, and we've gone through a lot of this stuff already. Vice President Biden had a pretty emotional town hall, getting heated when discussing political differences with Senator Sanders and the current administration's handling of the coronavirus outbreak, but also somber and tearful when discussing his faith and grief with Reverend Anthony Thomas, whose wife was killed in the Mother Emanuel Church shooting in 2015. Prior to that, Vice President Biden had been asked how he would balance his strong gun reform stance while still appealing to Southern voters who value the Second Amendment, and he didn't hold back. Pulling on his background as a professor of constitutional law, he said that amendments are not absolute, and that the Second Amendment never meant anyone had the right to any weapon— He also mentioned his own gun ownership of two shotguns, the work he did on the Brady Bill to establish waiting periods when purchasing handguns, and reiterated that he is the only candidate running who has taken on the NRA and won. Senator Klobuchar used her town hall to emphasize her strength as a unity candidate, especially when asked which of the policies of Sanders or Warren's she might adopt to get their supporters on her side. She was also asked about student loans, including in her answer that in her, quote, first 100 seconds in the White House, she would fire Betsy DeVos. Senator Klobuchar also got an opportunity to readdress the allegations from former employees that she created a hostile work environment, saying that she loves her staff and wouldn't be where she is today without the team who has been with her for years. She was also asked about the debate photo of her that has gone viral, showing her smiling in between Joe Biden and Tom Steyer, who are both yelling and gesticulating wildly. She said Steyer was moving over into her space, and as the shortest candidate, she was actually standing on a stool behind the podium, and she thought he might knock her off of it. She said she was smiling because she had thought to herself jokingly that if she gets hit and falls over, quote, at least Steyer has deep pockets. Senator Warren made a couple of splashes at her town hall last night. After a Sanders supporter criticized her position, shared by all the candidates except for Sanders, that the candidate with the plurality of delegates should not necessarily be the nominee, 
She pointed out that not giving the nomination to the candidate with a plurality was actually Sanders' position in 2016. In May of 2016, according to the Washington Post, Sanders said, The responsibility that superdelegates have is to decide what is best for this country and what is best for the Democratic Party. And if those superdelegates conclude that Bernie Sanders is the best candidate, the strongest candidate to defeat Trump and anybody else, yes, I would very much welcome their support. Continuing from the Washington Post, Even as Clinton secured the Democratic nomination the following week, Sanders continued to push for superdelegates to vote to override Clinton's pledged delegate majority. Told on June 7, 2016 that his superdelegate convention push would defy history and the will of the voters, Sanders said, Defying history is what this campaign has been about. Warren at the town hall last night concluded, quote, Bernie had a big role in writing the rules. I didn't. I don't see how come you get to change it just because you see an advantage. When pushed by Don Lemon, she also confirmed that she would stay in the race even if someone else gets more delegates, saying that she's made promises to the people who have backed her campaign, including a lot of pinky promises with little girls on the campaign trail. Warren also said during her town hall that she would be introducing a proposal today to reallocate the money that the president is, quote, spending on his racist wall at the southern border and divert it to work on the coronavirus. She further criticized the appointment of Vice President Pence to coordinate the government's response, citing his handling of the 2015 outbreak of HIV in Indiana when, as governor, he opposed the distribution of clean needles and needle exchange programs which would assist in prevention efforts for the first two months of the outbreak. Overall, the town halls were a refreshing chance to slow down and hear in more detail from each candidate after the chaotic debate on Tuesday, but... Boy, there's been a lot of town halls and debates lately, so I'm glad we're getting a little bit of a breather here. The next debate won't be until March 15th, which on this side of Super Tuesday seems light years away. There's a new poll out from Data for Progress focusing on likely voters in Colorado and Virginia, both of whom will be voting next week on Super Tuesday. Sanders is in first in both states with a sizable lead, and Klobuchar is in last in both states. Here are the full results. In Virginia, Sanders is at 28, Biden, 19, Warren and Bloomberg are tied for third with 17 apiece, Buttigieg is at 12, and Klobuchar in last with 5. For Colorado, Sanders again in first with 34%, Warren in second with 20 Bloomberg tied for third again, this time with Buttigieg with 14 points apiece, Biden coming up all the way in fifth with 10, and Klobuchar six. Data for Progress notes, quote, In both of these states, several candidates are hovering right around the 15-point threshold for delegate allocation, with significant effects on overall delegate counts depending on how many candidates hit this threshold. They also say, quote, Sanders continues to perform extremely strongly with voters under 45, with a majority of these younger voters in each state supporting him. His lead vote is substantially larger in both states among voters with their minds made up and voters who are extremely enthusiastic about their vote choice. Responding to the poll on Twitter, Zach Montalaro from Politico said, New polling from Data for Progress, who have been quite good so far in this cycle. If a situation like this happens in Virginia and Colorado, and is replicated in the other dozen Super Tuesday states, I would think we're in for a long primary. That's a lot of people at or above 15%. 
Adam Gentleson of Democracy Forward also pointed out on Twitter that Data for Progress has been on point in the previous three contests, and that this latest poll shows Sanders and Warren as the only candidates clearing the 15% threshold for delegates in both Colorado and Virginia. Meanwhile, a Monmouth University poll shows Biden maintaining a wide lead in South Carolina with 36% support of likely primary voters, compared to the closest competitor of Bernie Sanders at 16%. Steyer is close on his heels at 15 Currently falling below the statewide delegate viability threshold is Warren at 8, Buttigieg 6, Klobuchar 4, and Gabbard 1. Monmouth notes that 15% of likely primary voters remain undecided and do not lean toward any candidate at this time. The Monmouth poll also shows that black voters in South Carolina back Biden by a large margin, 45% compared to the next candidate, Steyer, at just 17 An interesting detail from this poll is that 2% of respondents initially chose Bloomberg before being informed that he is not on the ballot and cannot be written in. They were reassigned a second-choice candidate. However, all of the respondents were asked about Bloomberg, with one in four saying that they were either very or somewhat likely to vote for him if he were on the ballot. Quoting Monmouth, those who would be at least somewhat likely to support Bloomberg include 41% of Steyer voters, 26% of Biden voters, and 19% of Sanders voters. Zooming out nationally, however, a Reuters-Ipsos poll published Tuesday shows Sanders widening his lead and overtaking Biden with black voters nationally. Polling registered Democrats and independents 26% said they would vote for Sanders, with Bloomberg and Biden tied for second at 15% each. Warren and Buttigieg are also tied at 10%, Klobuchar is at 4 and Steyer at 3 Specifically looking at African-American voters, quoting Reuters, When asked which candidate they would support in their state's nominating contest, 26% said they would vote for Sanders, up 7 points from a previous reading conducted January 29th to February 19th. Another 23% said they would back Biden, down 10 points from the last survey, and 20% would support Bloomberg a rise of 10 points. In response to the Reuters-Ipsos poll, The Hill writes, The declining support among black voters could mark a test for Biden's campaign. Despite poor showings in Iowa and New Hampshire, the former vice president has continued to express confidence that his standing in the race will strengthen as more diverse states hold voting. Biden told CBS on Sunday, I think there's a lot happening in terms of the amount of money being spent by billionaires to try to cut into the African-American vote. End quote. By billionaires, he specifically means Bloomberg and Steyer, who have been spending a lot of money on ads and could be seen as chipping away at Biden's prospective voting bloc. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and 
starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. After playing coy for many weeks, Representative Jim Clyburn has finally confirmed that he is endorsing Joe Biden. I personally am completely stunned. But no, really, this is a big deal for Joe Biden and something his campaign was betting on. Quoting the New York Times, Representative James Clyburn, the highest-ranking African-American in Congress and a political powerhouse in South Carolina, threw his support to Joe Biden on Wednesday, handing the former vice president a coveted endorsement for his presidential campaign three days before the state's pivotal primary. Representative Clyburn said, I'm voting for Joe Biden, and South Carolinians should be voting for Joe Biden. I know Joe, we know Joe, but most importantly, Joe knows us. Continuing from the New York Times, quote, The intervention of Mr. Clyburn, the third-ranking House Democrat, could not have come at a more critical time for Mr. Biden, who has portrayed South Carolina as his electoral firewall. Having staggered out of Iowa and New Hampshire and finished in a distant second to Bernie Sanders in Nevada last weekend, Mr. Biden badly needs a commanding victory in the state on Saturday to revive his campaign, end quote. Biden responded to the endorsement, telling South Carolinians, South Carolina chooses presidents. You decided to launch Bill Clinton to the White House, and up to that time, it didn't look like he was going very far. But you did. You launched my buddy Barack Obama to the White House. I firmly believe, once again, on Saturday, you hold in your hands in South Carolina the power to choose the next president of the United States. I also want to note a few other endorsements from this week. The Boston Globe has endorsed Elizabeth Warren, which shouldn't be too surprising as she is the senior senator of Massachusetts. Senator Sanders has won the endorsement of the L.A. County Public Defenders Union, the largest public defender's office in the nation. Writing on Twitter, the union said, Senator Sanders is a champion for criminal justice reform. He continues to be the only candidate who has given his complete support to progressive DA candidates across the nation and recognizes the disproportionate effects mass incarceration has had on communities of color. End quote. Meanwhile, Mayor Bloomberg got a bit of an anti-endorsement from a group of 90 New Yorkers of color who lived in the city while Bloomberg was mayor. They wrote an open letter to voters of color across the nation urging them not to vote for Bloomberg. Signatories of the letter include New York City public advocate Jermaine Williams, State Senator Julia Salazar, City Councilmember Antonio Reynoso, Working Families Party Director of Strategy Nalini Stamp, as well as organizers, faith leaders, and family members of individuals killed by New York City Police Department officers during Bloomberg's time in office. The letter outlines Bloomberg's actions and policies that the group says disproportionately affected people of color, including stop and frisk, certain rezoning laws, surveillance of Muslim communities, and more. Bloomberg's campaign responded in a statement to BuzzFeed News citing reports that negate some of the facts stated in the letter and said, quote, Mike Bloomberg's city hall was open to and listened to all New Yorkers, but as much as we encourage everyone's right to speak their minds, not all of the facts in this letter line up with Mike's real record, end quote. Bloomberg does have a lot of other endorsements, especially from fellow mayors across the nation, but he is definitely being put through his paces as we get closer to the first ballots his name will actually appear on on Super Tuesday. And that is the election roundup for the day. 
You can find Election Ride Home on Twitter at Election Podcast or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Election Ride Home. Thank you all so much for listening and have a great rest of your day.